With you can be slang, like you're being trained for, for a new job. Somebody's explaining stuff to you. They're looking at you. They're wondering if you understand. And you say, I'm with you. Right? I understand. I'm caught up. I'm good. I'm right. And with you, we like in the political cycle, right? I'm with her. I'm with him. Like we, with you is used in a lot of different ways, right? Um, it is also um, an important part of who God is and how he chose to reveal himself through Jesus, right? It is also the name of Jesus, God with us, right? It's an important part of that. So I want to turn to these words from David in Psalm 16, verses 8 and 11, and I'm going to read from the New Living. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence, the pleasures of living with you forever. This I'm with you. This with you concept is actually a big thing in Scripture. It's actually throughout the Bible. And Jesus being God with us is actually found in each of the 66 books of Scripture. So this is a big theme that we're tapping into, and we're going to do so lightly, quickly. Um, So David is remarkable because David living in Old Testament or Old Covenant times is living where they had a specific location that they would go to worship, right? First the tabernacle, then the temple, right? And so David knew that, and his songs became a prayer book for people that would pray at the temple and even quoted from Jesus as a prayer book. Um, But it was because David also understood something that Adam and Eve understood when God came down and walked in the garden with them, what Abraham understood when God spoke to him, what Moses understood when God revealed himself to him in a personal way. David understood that wherever you were, God was right there with you. That was huge. That was a revelation. That was different. That was outside-the-box thinking in their time. That's one of the reasons why David is referred to as a man after God's own heart. That's one reason why Jesus was even referred to as the son of David, because it meant something. This revelation of a personal relationship with God that's different. Are you with me? Yes. Right? We're going to turn to Exodus 33 and 34. In Exodus, we see Moses, right? And remember, Moses is the first one who put pen to paper to write the story of Adam and Eve. In Exodus, we see that God's done miracles to free his people from slavery in Egypt and made it possible for Moses to lead them on a journey to their promised land of rest. They have journeyed to a place where God is speaking to Moses about how they should live, love, and worship. The people get impatient with how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain. So they ask Aaron to make new gods to lead them. Aaron makes an idol, a calf, from gold and a place for them to worship it. They begin to throw a party for the purpose of seeking a god that they created. God knows what's going on and tells Moses he wants to destroy them. Moses pleads God to show mercy. God chooses to not punish them in the way that they deserve. In his anger, Moses breaks the stone tablets that carried the written agreement with God. 
Moses calls the people to repentance and asks that any who want to serve God stand by him. Then God tells Moses to take the people to the promised land, but that he will not travel with them. Moses comes back to God asking for his presence. In Genesis 33, we get this. This is the response. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on, on your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you and I will know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. Then from Exodus 34, then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. And he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. We call this God's description of his own name and his nature, God's DNA. And this, the original translation of the Hebrew, Aramaic, iniquity, rebellion, and sin, God is saying, I forgive a one-time offense, a repeated offense, and a lifestyle. That's what God is saying. Now, God continues to say that he will punish the guilty, which is where some people get the idea of a generational curse. It's important for us to remember that when we accept the forgiveness found in Jesus, we are no longer guilty. Through Jesus, we can be in right standing with God. Now from this, the presence of God was considered essential. They came to value it above any other source of provision or security. They came to take joy from it. They viewed the presence of God as the sign that they were living the blessed life. It was not material possessions that made them feel supremely happy. Their awareness of the one true living God choosing to be with them, to be available to them, was a life-changing thing. It's a jaw-dropping thought that God could be with us. Our awareness of the presence of God is the game-changer in our lives. He's always with us. Now recently I was walking the dog and there was a whole bunch of pigeons up on these power lines above me. And it was crazy with pigeons, for example, like other birds, when they, when they scare and they fly off in a big group, you can hear their wings. But then they can also fly in a way that chooses to be flightless. This is a good illustration of the biblical truth that God is always with us and there are sometimes he can make his presence known, whether you're aware of it or not. So we see that in Paul's life, we see that in other, other people's lives. Now this is a biblical thing and a thing that I think our church needs to grow in its understanding of and we are not going to take the time today to go into many, many truths about it that I think will be helpful to you. But I want to say something to you today. I would like for you to grow in your awareness of the presence of God. I want to turn to the words of Jesus. That seems like a good idea. Going to go to John chapter 14, when Jesus is 
preparing his friends for his departure. Now remember, Jesus is God with us. Jesus is preparing his friends for when he would be murdered, when he would come back to life, and when he would return to Father God and prepare a place for them. He describes just how God is always with them. Here's Jesus' words on the screen. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Do you see that? God is revealed as an advocate. God the Holy Spirit who is here with us now, who needs an advocate? The disenfranchised, the disillusioned, the put down, the, those that think that they are less than, those who are treated as less than. To, to all of us, God the Holy Spirit is an advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, the context of these words are important. Jesus is with his closest friends, and these are people that believe him. These are people that have become saved. They have become redeemed. They are new creatures. They are being led by God, the Holy Spirit, even at that time. The Holy Spirit, that wasn't like his first moment on earth because of the way that Jesus describes this. Are you with me? And in this moment, Jesus prophesies about what we see that happens in Acts chapter 2 when they would be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Both. But what we definitely take away from this is that God is with us. And that here now, God the Holy Spirit is our advocate and always with us. And if we choose to welcome Him in us. That's not just a fairy tale, a Sunday school lesson. It is truth. Some health problems are called a disorder because something in the body isn't working right. It's out of order. When we value anything more than God, we have come to a spiritual heart disorder. If we can identify a worship disorder in our heart, we can then enjoy the life-changing awareness of God's presence. Everything will change. My home church just sings that song all the time. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Most often, though, we cannot recognize a spiritual heart disorder, just like the people in the story in Exodus 33 and 34, without the help of others and the Word of God. Often can't recognize. Now, why? Why is it that we often can't recognize a heart disorder? I'm so glad you asked. Because our feelings play games with us. God revealed this to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. I will watch over them and care for them. I will bring them back here again. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them hearts that recognize me as their Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me wholeheartedly. When we come to God with all our passion, all our intellect, all our energy, 
When we come to God, He can give us a heart that loves Him above anything else. The lessons in Exodus 33 and 34, in which we have this lesson about God's manifest presence, His uh, everybody's aware, God showed up kind of presence, include a sobering lesson about a worship disorder, a spiritual heart disorder, where things have come out of order for us. And I love the fact that in a time of prayer and fasting, God peels back things and we come to face to face with how much our human desires and affections and cravings are actually in control as opposed to God. For me, and this past week, as some of you know, was like kind of the heavy part of my fast, the I that time of well misery has become something that is dear to me because in years past I have learned that when my body is miserable my spirit gets a little bit more awareness of where it's at and if I'm actually enjoying God and if I actually enjoy God more than bacon oops I did it again We are to take joy from God and we live in a broken world in which God has chosen to allow suffering and to allow disease for a set time until Jesus will return. How can I be prepared for disease and death and loss if I don't momentarily have times of fasting when my spirit can control my flesh and my spirit can say, am I taking the most joy from God? That's a hard lesson, but I crave sharing it with you because I know that from it you will experience joy and freedom and freedom from anxiety and depression and discouragement and doubt that you have not experienced before in your life. If you can learn this lesson, you will draw closer to God and you won't need the hard times to learn that lesson then. But instead, when you walk through the valley, He will be your shepherd. Thankfully, now God is quick to forgive us our sin when we call on Jesus as our Savior. Honestly confess our faults, ask for forgiveness, and turn our lives to Him. John had this revelation in 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. To enjoy God's presence, we must recognize that He is more valuable than anything else in our lives. Peter understood that. That's why he wrote, let nothing take the place of you in my heart. We're kind of in a salad season, so I I want to give you some lettuce this morning. You ready for some lettuce? I'm going to put these on the screen. These are going to be good. They're going to come at you fast, all right? Here's our response today in lettuce. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Let us believe that God is who He said He is. The God of compassion and mercy, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love and faithfulness, who lavishes unfailing love to a thousand generations, who forgives iniquity, rebellion, and sin. Let us believe that God the Holy Spirit is our advocate who will never leave us. Let us recognize Him by looking for Him. Let us welcome Him into our lives. Let us ask God to give us hearts that recognize Him as the Lord. Let us confess our wrong, ask forgiveness, and believe that Jesus is our salvation. Let us receive His love.
This church will be a place where people become so intoxicated with the love of God that we will be accused of being drunks. I'm going to say that again because I believe it. And I believe it's going to happen this year. This church will be a place where people will enjoy the presence of God, receive the love of God, become so intoxicated with the love of God that we will be accused of being drunks. It's time to laugh again. And this time for the right reason. Let us say like David said, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. Today, with current events and everything that's going on, a lot of people are being shaken. I will not be shaken. Why? For He is right beside me. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of Your presence and the pleasures of living with You forever. Let's pray, and we're going to play a song and go into a time of prayer, okay? I know that this morning, can you hand that to Abby, please? There are some of us here today that are hurting for many different reasons. I know that this morning, many of us are standing in need of God's mercy, in need of coming to a place of being aware of His presence. And so we're going to sing a song, and what we're going to do at the same time is I want to free us up to move around the room, to kneel, to sit, to stand. Go get something to eat or drink if you want, but also to pray for each other. And if you're here this morning and you you want prayer, you want to be aware of God's presence, you want to be aware of God's love for you, I want you to get out of your seat. Come to the front and let somebody pray for you. And as we sing, come to a place where you are ready to shut out everything else in, in this life and just be aware of God's presence. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray.